Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. This is a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. The best-known Camino is the Francaise, which winds its way from the French hamlet of saint jean pied de port via Pamplona, Burgos, Léon, to Santiago de Compostela, or St. James under a field of stars. When you arrive in Santiago, you'll find pilgrims gathered at the finishing point, the square outside the cathedral in the old city. People from all over the world are gathered there, having either finished that day or finished in the preceding days, celebrating with or welcoming friends they've made along the way. It's a great community. The American author, activist and civil rights leader Coretta Scott King once said, The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Well, pilgrims certainly fit that description. You'll see in the square in Santiago people who have carried one another both literally and spiritually. A great journey to have shared. I shared part of my Camino in 2017 with an Irish pilgrim, Kieran Lappin, and he's on the line. Welcome, pilgrim. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm real good. Great to hear your voice. Where are you? I'm in Dublin, in Ireland. Yeah, and, and you've just returned from walking another Camino. I did. I finished going from uh, Santiago to Finisterre and, and Murcia. And, and that's you didn't walk that part of it in 2017, did you? You've just decided to do that last little part. Yeah, so in the last two years, I've done the complete Camino from St. Jean to Finisterre and Murcia. And what what do you make of the Camino community? It's very relaxed and very enjoyable. And people just, there's no airs about them. They just enjoy each other's company. And it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who they are, what their background is. Everyone's there for a particular reason. And as you get to know them, they either tell you their reason or they just don't want to. And they enjoy your company anyway. And yeah. it's just a real relaxed and enjoyable atmosphere. Yeah. And and so you've now walked, what's that about? It's about eight, 900 Ks or something like that in the last couple of years on the Camino. Tell us about walking from Santiago to Mushir and Finisterre. And if you've only just finished, you would have been walking in mid-June. Must have been very hot. No, I think this year I got like a complete opposite of, of the last two years. It was kind of, it was cool enough. And I think this is the first year that I actually got proper rain on the Camino. Like I got the Galician showers, like, so from uh, Finisterre to Mercia, I got absolutely drenched with rain. Oh, no. And, ah, yeah, it was phenomenal to actually get that because I haven't had that experience there. So it was completely different. So, like, I remember getting to the hotel and you just kind of have to go in and kind of go, can I check in? And you just have to go upstairs and go and go, I have to get completely stripped because I'm going to freeze here if I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And so what about the logistics of walking in the rain? Do you stop or do you just soldier on? Uh, I had my, I had shorts on, I had my jacket on me, but like I just, once the bag had the the rain cover on it, I just went for it because I knew I had to get to the next town because I was getting the bus back to Santiago and there's only two buses one is at half six and the other is at half two in the afternoon. So, like, it's you either make the bus or you're staying there the other night. 
You know, people talk about the energy of the Camino de Santiago, and and I've certainly experienced it. Could could you feel that same energy on the road from Santiago to Finisterre and Muxia? Not as much as in the first 800k, not at all. Like, because in the time that you're doing that part, but you're only on the road for nearly three or four days, so you don't really get the same relationships at all as you do uh, on the, the first, say, four or five weeks of the Camino. Was it very busy? It wasn't too busy. Like, I spent most of this time walking alone, which was very different from before. So, like, I was just, I'd wake up and just go whenever I was ready. Like, there was no waiting around for people. There was something like that this year. So I just went, right, I'm ready to go and start walking. Like, whether it be six o'clock in the morning or whatever. And so how far, yeah, how far were you walking each day? Most days it was about 30 kilometers. So it was kind of. Yeah, go on. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, it's kind of, you kind of get into your routine and you just enjoy the walk. Like it's a lot of time to think. Yeah, a lot of time to think. That's right. That's the, one of the great things about the Camino de Santiago. Tell us about the first time you heard about the Camino de Santiago. So for me, my my father and my sister have done it on my other, one of my other brothers and sort of two. And while they were doing it, I was still going through college and getting ready to do that sort of part of my life. And... They were like, look, you should just go and do this thing. They've been telling me for a few years to go and do it. And I was just like, you know what? It got to a stage in work and I was walking out one weekend and I was talking to one of the girls that works in the office and she was like, oh, what's your plans for the weekend? I was like, oh, I have a few books in the office that I want to do a bit of research on for Monday. And she just went, Jesus, you need to get a life. (laughs) And it was like, right, okay. And so I literally got on the train and I went on to Ryanair and booked my flights then and there. And that was me. I was set. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So your, your, your father and, and, and your siblings, how did the Camino come into their lives? Um, I think it was down to the film The Way, I think. Right. And I, I think my, my dad would have heard about it before. And it was on his list of things he wanted to do but I think it was the way that kindly finally made him do it like yeah and uh, so many people say that to me it's such a great catalyst you see it there on the on the television and think it's just looks like an amazing journey you know one of the things I I observed walking with you and and with groups that you were in you're a great walker aren't you? you 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 do it reasonably easy Oh, yeah, I, I love it. I, I've been in the Scouts for years and I've been doing that sort of stuff all my life. So it's kind of a, since a very young age, I think my first hike I did when I was about six or seven up in the mountains around here and it was just fantastic to see it. Like, so yeah, I, I like hiking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to get to your neck of the woods in Ireland as well in a moment. But pilgrims are asked when they get their uh, Compostela, uh, if they walked for cultural reasons or religious and spiritual reasons, what certificate do you get? I went for the cultural one. I, I didn't go for a spiritual one this time. How do you explain it to people then, your experience in a cultural sense? I find it difficult, and I really do. I find it very difficult because unless you're doing it 
unless you're in that point and you're walking it yourself, I don't think you can explain it to any people. It's like, could you explain like what, like when we did one of the walks, what you got out of them? Because I've walked these, I've walked this and I was like, I understand that at that point in time, when you try to reflect on it, you're kind of like, I learned an awful lot, but it's very hard to recall a lot of it. And it's very, that sort of thing is like, enjoyable with Camino. It's very in the moment. And and the fact that you can't explain it is kind of part of the allure, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Like, it's one of the things that makes it so addictive to keep wanting to go back to it. Which gets me to my next question, because I know not long ago you received an, a degree in information technology, IT. So you'd be surrounded constantly with technology and the Camino is a good opportunity to escape those trappings of modern life, the tech. Is that part of the appeal for you? Oh, it was definitely. Like when I got my, I got the master's degree there last year, the year before. And yeah, when, when you want to get away from it all, like I, I barely had my phone with me, I think. I think it was in the bag most of the time. And I just went, I'm not here to look at tech. I don't want to think about tech. I just want to <laughs> get out, walk, talk to people and enjoy being outside like I was like my every day is technology for me and like I love it I love that aspect of my life but it's just uh it gets overpowering at some points so what can we learn about ourselves do you think by disconnecting what did you learn about yourself by disconnecting to be honest it's just being like just enjoying myself enjoying like the, your phone is a nowadays it's like an appendage that you have all on you at all times, but not having it on you is just like nearly a release, nearly a, a as you said a disconnect from what we assume is reality. When realistically, reality isn't on your phone; it's everywhere around you. But your phone, but like I enjoyed that whole experience. Just kind of going, you know what? That thing, okay, it's great in emergencies. You can call people, whatever. But after that what benefit are you getting? Like the whole social media aspect of it is nonsense. Like it helps. Okay. For, for, for us, I suppose it helps keep in contact with people around the world. But after that, like you're what's the point? Like everyone puts up the false uh, life on those play on social media. They don't put up the real, the real deal. What is actually happening in their life? Because nobody wants to know like, Oh, I've been diagnosed with X, Y, and Z or, whatever like that. Just, that's not a, a happy thing for social media to get your likes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's a very, very good point. That's a most astute observation. And given the fact that when you then go on the Camino and you can be somewhere in the middle of nowhere and someone will walk up beside you and just start to tell you their story. It's it's the it's oh, yeah. the it's the complete opposite of social media, isn't it? It's real. Oh, it is. Yeah. Like I remember walking with a, a guy from Germany, and I think we started walking at about ten o'clock after breakfast, and we were just walking along, and he goes, "Oh yeah, well my daughter has this," and like I didn't. He just went through his daughter's life, and I just kind of I never, I never asked him about like why he was doing it. He just was open and he wanted to talk about it. And they're the experiences that social media life don't give you. 
they don't give you the in-depth, like when you get to know somebody at that level. And you just don't do that on, on social media. Social media is a, I can't remember the word off the top of my head, but it isn't, it's not a catalyst. It's whatever, it's the opposite of a catalyst of, of life. Like yeah, it's, a, it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It certainly is. That's a very good point. I like the way you put that. Now, now you, you, you mentioned at the, at the top of the interview that you're in Dublin. You, you're in Scaries, aren't you? I am in Scaries, yeah. Yeah. Now, t- tell us about life in a sleepy Irish kind of seaside village it, it, because you might be close to Dublin, but you're, you're a little hamlet just tucked away off the coast, aren't you? I am, yeah, yeah, that's where we are. It's a, it's a lovely town. There's plenty of things to do in it. You can go for your, back when you had started the interview, you say, I like going walking. Well, in the town, you can walk for hours and not come back on yourself until you want to go back to your house type of thing. Because there's, if we're starting where I live, you can walk down to the sea in less than 10 minutes. You can walk up to a rugby club in, the, in another 10 minutes. Like, you can go up, and if you, Go outside the town, you can go walk on hills. So it's, it's really kind of, it's a really nice part of the, of the world here. And yeah. we're very lucky to have it. I spend a little bit of time in, in Ireland, not much, but I know that part of the world. I've been there and I, 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 I was taken with the speed of life. <laughs> it's, it's not a very pacey life compared to the city. Um, but... I wonder what the people in Skerries make of this Camino journey you're on. Well, a lot of my friends are like, okay, why, why are you doing it? And it's like, look, I'm doing it for, for no reason that, like, I'm, I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for myself. But, like, I remember, I think this was last year when I was doing it from Burgos to Santiago, and I was sitting outside the hotel. They had a bit of a bar there, so I was sitting there having a beer, and I was chatting away to a couple of a group and the group I was with. And this girl was going, you look very, very familiar to me. And I went, she asked me where I was from. I was like, oh, from Scary. And she was like, that's why you look familiar. She was from Scaries too. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Like, right. Yeah. And, and I guess weirder than that, she went, do you know this person? And I went, yeah, I went to school with him. And he was like, oh, that's my son. And I was like, all right, that's how small this place is. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> In the middle of Spain, in a random little town, that happens. Like it's it's brilliant. That's why it's, that's the Camino. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. Music is a huge part of the Irish culture. You mentioned earlier yes, that, uh, and is music a big part of your life? Is is there a, is music a big part of Scary's life? Yeah, like we have traditional nights here where they've just played a traditional music, and like it's they're good fun. You go down and you. You have your pint of Guinness and you just chill out and you listen to them. Um, and then after that, like, we'd have music at home all the time. Like, everybody from Eric Clapton to Leonard Cohen to Neil Young to Tom Waits. Like, all these really, really classic rock and soul, B.B. King, all these massive people. And they've been in my life all since I can remember. It's just it's fantastic. Like, Do you listen to music when you walk? No, I don't. There was one time on the whole Camino where I listened to music, and that was on the road into Santiago because it's just industrial estates, and I needed to get away from it. Like, I didn't enjoy that final walk into Santiago at all. Yeah, it's pretty harsh 
it's pretty harsh yeah, when, it when you're expecting a kind of uh, yellow brick road. It's far from that. Let's talk some nuts and bolts because there are people listening who are interested in walking. Do you do you use walking poles? I use walking poles for yeah my first the first two halves I did I used the walking poles for the last bit I did I didn't. Um, I found them extremely useful when I got blisters because as we know everyone gets them. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Now, how far do you – oh, you said you, you walk 33 k's each day. Uh, I've got a question that I haven't asked anyone in a while. Do you, did you get lost? Oh, of course. Like, you, you follow the shells up until a certain point and then you see a shell there and you see one over there and you're like, someone's, someone's having a laugh here. <laughs> then you kind of go, oh, I'll follow that one and see where I end up. And it's like, I'm wrong. I'm really wrong. Like, there was one guy I met and he was like, did you go left at that point? Did you go right at that point? Well, I went right. And he went, all right, well, that's good. Because I started walking towards Germany and I was like, yeah, you were probably really wrong then because we were nowhere near there. <laughs> it was brilliant. It really was. That's fantastic. I think, they walked, and, I think and, they walked for a good hour. Oh, no. And you're going the wrong way. Did you always find somewhere to sleep? Yeah, I was very lucky because, like, we ended up doing the, the stupidly early mornings. We usually always found somewhere easily enough to, to sleep. Like we would get up at six and be gone by quarter past six because if you remember back then, it was a bit of a bed race between yeah, each town. Yeah. So like we just did that. We just went up. We want to get in. We want to sit down by like one o'clock and just watch the people come in and struggle because that's part of the fun too. Yeah, yeah. Like when it's, when, it, when it's really high sun and you're just sitting there, you're, you're showered, you're chilling out, and these people walking through with their rucksacks and you're just like, nah, it's too late for that. It's too warm for that. Yeah, yeah. No, you should just, be sitting down. Yeah, you should be out of the sun. For, well, I, I, I'm very fair, as, you, as you'd remember. I can't be in the sun after, like, one o'clock in the afternoon. I just can't be. So I have to. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the same, and I have to get my skates on to get to 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 the town, so I'm not in the sun. You mentioned that you do a lot of walking around home, but what about in the lead up to the Camino? Do you do specific training? So for the first, yeah, I did for the first couple. I did because I would have made sure that I was doing, say, a walk in the evening. No, it wouldn't be major. It'd be about an hour. Just get out, make sure I'm, I'm moving. Um, but other than that, it's just once I was doing that every day, I was happy enough. Like, because most of what you have to remember when you're on the Camino, it's a very much a, it's self-paced. It's if you want to stop, you stop. If you want to have a cup of coffee, you have a cup of coffee. And you just, it's, it has to be done that way. Now, I, I know I said I get up early and I start walking, but like, it's still self-paced. It's still no rushing. It's still enjoyable. It has to be enjoyable. There's no point in doing it otherwise. Yeah. And and I, I sometimes ask people if they're a spreadsheet pilgrim. Are you someone who has a planned itinerary? Do you know where you're going to stay each night? No, 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 no. Not at all. When I first got to St. John, I hadn't even booked a hotel. <laughs> I hadn't booked anything. I literally got to St. John, went to the pilgrim's office, and they went, we're nearly all fully booked in the town. And I literally went outside the pilgrim's office and went right. And about two doors down, there was a, a, an old lady standing inside it. And I just went, "Is do you have a bed? And she just looked at me and went, I do. 
And she wasn't even a hotelier. She wasn't anybody. She was just a little old lady by the side of the road. So I asked her, do you mind if I sleep on your couch or something? And she just went, yep, no problem. Oh, really? And she, yeah, no problem, she said to me. Like, it's fine. Here you go. So I gave her a few quid, and that was the end of it. Like, it was brilliant. So from my first day, I hadn't had any plan. So, so you just turned to her and she said, it's okay, you can stay with me. Yeah, so I had a little bit of French, so I was able to kind of speak to her and ask for a room. And she was like, yeah, no problem. And it turned out, no, she, there was another person in the room with me, but like, you get used to that fairly quickly when you're on the Camino. <laughs> in, indeed. <laughs> one, in, yeah, another one person is luxury. <laughs> 600 is a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Now, you walked in 2017 with a group that we called the Americans. And I think you guys called us the Australians, I think. But yeah, yeah, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to look too far to find kindred spirits, do you? Not at all. Not at all. Like, I, I think the, the, the first year was such an eye-opener for me. It was so much fun. Like, we met, we met yourself, Brett. We met uh, Sarah and Stacey. And we met the, the, uh, Michael and Natalie, Natalie, I think it yeah, is, from yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, they just had a baby. We met all that group. They just had a baby, yeah. yeah. I know, it's fantastic. Yeah. But like we met all, all you guys there, and I think the first time we sat down and had a beer was in Point de la Reina. I think that's where we first sat down yeah. and had a, just after walking through, it was like, oh, yeah, there they are. We'll have, have a beer with them and see how they get on. And that kicked off a phenomenal couple of weeks there. Like, like that's one of the probably best experiences of my community was the first two weeks I've done. Yeah, it was, it was a wonderful time where a bunch of people walking for a range of reasons found other people who were happy to accept them for who they were and weren't necessarily interested in why you were walking. But if you wanted to share your story, well, you know, you could find someone willing to listen and, and, and happy to listen and happy to carry you, as I said earlier, a bit spiritually and a bit literally as well. It was a lovely thing, wasn't it? A lovely time. And I've kept contact with everybody. I, I'm, little Georgina has been here for dinner at my house. Um, yeah, I was only talking about Georgina or to Georgina there the other day and about your about when you two met up. Yeah, yeah. Literally about two days ago I was speaking with her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And and Mel, um, Mel's been here as well and we've caught up in, in Sydney and it's just delightful that you can keep contact with all of those people after all that time. So how how does the Camino reveal itself in your day-to-day life, do you think? Um, it, it, I know it's there and I know the experiences will always be there, but in my day-to-day life, it's I'm sitting at a computer screen banging my head off a brick wall trying to figure out issues and you'll always sit there and kind of go, okay, let's think about when you're away. And all those trips will always be like straight up in your head going, oh yeah, that bit of the trip was really cool. And it's just that 30 second break, I think, that you have when you think of that stuff. And then you go, okay, now back to work. And you're happy for those 30 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I think think that when you follow other people and they're on the Camino now, um, certainly there have been three women from Perth in Australia walking right now and, and a lot of people following their journey 
it's been very, very hot in the last uh, couple of weeks. But watching them go through all of those towns that we all, it was just, just so fantastic to be able to share that story and, and share that journey. And we talked about community at the top of the interview and people often talk about being someone's Camino angel or someone being their angel. Were you lucky enough to be someone's angel? I think in our group, we definitely had a a lot of angels or a lot of kind of people who were available when you never thought they'd be available, that sort of thing, where it's just like you didn't realize until it happened. You kind of went, oh, oh, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, that's cool. That's really nice. And then... Yeah. Like it's it's a very especially when you don't walk with anyone. You walk you, you leave these things on your own. You, you go you go, I'm going through the Camino and I'm leaving it on my own. Like, but my dad really wanted to go with me on my first Camino and I was like, Look, I need to do it on my own. I just do. So we went, Oh cool, no problem. And so we'll do a walk soon. And so we're doing we want to try to do a walk in October this year. So we're, hopefully that'll go well. And like, we just like, look, I need to do this on my own. And he said, all right, cool. And when you do that and you do get into, say, as, as you've said in many of your podcasts, your Camino family, when you fall into that group and you're just going to go, okay, we're going to be walking there to the end. And one of the stories that I'll always remember from my first one was we were in... We were in one of the towns anyway. I had decided I'm going to stay here overnight because his feet were getting sore and it was it was sore. So I said, "Okay, I'm staying here two days." And we had a bit of a party to for my going away style thing. And we did have a few drinks. And it was right back to the thing because it was coming up to ten o'clock. Uh, we woke up the next morning and the lads went off. And I was walking around the town, going, "What am I going to do around here for a day?" And I went, right, I'll go have breakfast. So I had a rucksack and everything with me, so I could do whatever I wanted. Brilliant. Went in, sat down, little cafe. Had some tostadas and my coffee, coffee can let you in, just chilled out. And like, half eight comes around, and I kind of go, ah, sure, you know what, I'll just walk. <laughs> and <laughs> I just said, ah, it'll be grand, I'll figure it all out, I'll walk, and it'll be nice. So I did, I just walked. And I got to the, the next town where I knew the guys were staying. And I got, I was walking in, and I could see them, because as you walk into the town, there's a, about 100 yards into the town, there's the first pub that, you know, everyone stops at the first pub they see yeah. to have their first beer. Yeah. <laughs> so I was walking up to there, and the lads just looked up and went, no, that couldn't be, that couldn't be him. And they're like, oh, my God, it's him. What are you doing here? I was like, ah, I just had a catch up. board back there. <laughs> and they're like, and that kicked off another kind of, good days, fun, like, because they were like, it's as if from the mist came me, like. <laughs> <laughs> and you, that's right. Here they were thinking, well, we've lost him now. He's fallen. Yeah, he's not going to come back. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's fallen behind. But, but, but you decided not to wait around. What, yeah. if I could ask you for one word that sums up the Camino, what do you think it would be? Freedom. Right. And just... Because you don't have that deadline, you don't have somebody saying, can you do this for me? There's no external thing saying you have to do this or you have to do that. It's purely a, if I want to do it, I'll do it. If I don't want to do it, I won't do it. And it's very empowering. It's very enjoyable. It really does kind of 
give you a little bit of a, a pep in your step again. Do you carry a shell when you walk? Yeah, I carry it. It's usually on silent in my rucksack, and that's it. I barely look at it. Where did you so get? I carry it. Where did you get it? Oh, the shell. Sorry, I. I thought you meant. I thought you said sell there. Sorry. No, no the shell. I, I I got the shell when I got to Santiago. I, I decided that I'd do it the way they did it back then, where you go to the town, then you get it. You, you get to Santiago, then you get your shell. So I did it that way, type of thing. I did, I wasn't aware of that aspect of the story. Did you once get the shell when you got to Santiago? Yeah, I think because I think in. Like a couple of thousand years ago, you walked, you got to the sea, and you pick up the shell as the sign that you got to the sea and started walking back then. Oh, never I heard think, that before. I think that was, yeah, I think that was part of it. Now, I have to do a quick check on that. No, not at all. I think that was part of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, there are numerous stories about this shell. There are suggestions that St. James carried a shell to drink from the from rivers and creeks. There's another story that when he was arriving in the stone boat or his body was being delivered in the stone boat um, into the coast of Galicia, uh, there was, a, I think, a, a, a groom on a horse or something who drowned and the horse, as the horse came out, he was covered in shells when he came out of the water or something. So there's a number of stories. I hadn't heard that before, that when you got to Mushir or Finisterre, you picked up a shell. That's really interesting. I hadn't heard that before. What about your compostellas? Where do you keep them? At the moment, they're getting ready to be framed. So at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. I'll probably end up putting them up on the wall as a kind of a reminder. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just a couple of other questions about the, the logistics of walking. You, you mentioned that you don't listen to music. Are there days when you choose to walk alone and, and other days that you think, oh, I might find some company today? I kind of let that happen naturally. Like if I was feeling like I needed to push on a bit, I did. But I kind of... Like, I let it happen very naturally. I didn't make a choice to do it. Yeah. If it was going to happen, I just let it happen. And then, yeah, I just kind of let the Camino do what it has to do for me. And that's all it is. So if I was talking to somebody, I was obviously meant to be talking to them. If I was on my own, there was a reason for being on my own. Well, whatever it was, I don't know what it was. But obviously, there was a reason. So why did you walk the Camino de Santiago? It was, well, I just finished college and I just had all that stuff happening and, like, it was very stressful and all the rest. And I just went, I need, I need to get away from all this. And, like, that's when that whole story, when I, at the top of the interview, I was mentioning where I was in work and this girl just said, you need a life. So I went, yeah, right, I do. <laughs> I need to get out of this rush because I was in a rush, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, I, I remember being in just outside Pamplona getting a, a phone call from the college calling going, uh, hi, Giron, can you come in for your presentation tomorrow? And it's like, no, I'm in the middle of Spain. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near the college today. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. Um, enjoy your holiday. <laughs> it's just like, thanks. <laughs> what a great call to be able to say, no, I'm not coming in tomorrow. That's, that's fantastic. Oh. It's, 
it was ridiculous to be honest with you. <laughs> How do you describe the Camino to people who ask you about it? I, I tend not to. I tend just to go. If you're asking the question, go and do it. But there's no. I can't. I can't give an answer for why somebody walks it. Even for myself, I find it very difficult to. If you're asking the question of why would you do it, the only way you're going to figure it out is do it. Just do it. There's no. That's where Nike have it right. Just go and do it. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose if. And my next question was, what would you say to someone thinking of doing it? I think you just made, answered that question. Oh yeah. The, the one thing, if I was given a recommendation, get a good pair of insoles, get a good pair of boots. And after that, you can wear whatever you want. Once you have the good gear, good shoes, know how to tie your laces. And after that is a bonus. Hang on. What did you say then, Kieran? The what? No, no laces. No, no, no how to tie your laces. Oh, right. Have good insoles. <laughs> and after that, everything else is a bonus. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, good insoles. That's good advice, actually. Now, let me ask you something. If I could miraculously transport you back to one place on the Camino, where would it be? It's a good question. Um, I think it would be Burkos. Oh. Yeah, straight back to Burkos. I really like Burkos. It is we had a good few... Got a few stories that came from Burkos that are oh I'm not mentioning here. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Burgos is a beautiful place. The cathedral is quite extraordinary. I had a bit of an awakening in Burgos when I backed into in the cathedral I backed into a, a crucifix of Jesus and looking at all of the marble everywhere I thought oh, I don't know if this is what he had in mind. And it really is quite breathtaking, isn't it? That whole, the, the enormity of that place. Yeah, uh, it is beautiful. Like, it is phenomenal what these, like, from a pure structural point of view, it's phenomenal what these engineers of the time did with very little. Like, they are a hell of a lot better than most of the engineers these days, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of years. So are you going back? What's what's the plan now? When's the next Camino? Well, hopefully we'll do uh, the Portuguese way this year as well. Take a week and do a part of that. That's hopefully on the cards for me. And then next year, I well, I hope to go back to St. John and start walking it again and just enjoy it from that aspect again because it's fantastic yeah. and I think at some point as well I want to do the Norte as well just to say I've done it yeah and you enjoy being a pilgrim don't you I enjoy the only thing I have to worry about is where's my rucksack and where's my passport that's it everything else is like when you're a pilgrim, once you have those two things sorted, everything else is provided after that. You just have to keep walking. You'll, you'll find what you're looking for, whether it's your accommodation, your food, your drink, whatever. You'll just, just enjoy it and walk. That's all you have to do. We shared a great journey together in 2017. We're now part of a global community. And 
I've thoroughly enjoyed crossing paths again, albeit across the airwaves. Thank you so much for your time, yeah. Kieran. A great yarn. I really appreciate it. Thanks, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, good to hear from you again. Like it's been what two years since we had a chat. Yeah, past yeah, that's right. Two it's years. Been fantastic. <laughs> I know. So great to hear your voice. Look, keep walking, my friend, and we'll cross paths. We'll we'll share a beer uh, at some stage, I'm sure. Buen camino. Buen camino, Dan. Thanks very much. My guest this week, the Irish pilgrim Kieran Lappin. The American author, activist and civil rights leader Coretta Scott King once said, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Pilgrims the world over share the compassion we learn on the Camino. And I've said here many times the capacity to share and care, to live and give our faith in ourselves and one another. If you're interested in sponsoring me and the work I do here, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins or danmullinsmusic.com. All I ask is maybe buy me a coffee a week and help me keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, I don't like asking for money, but I now have quite a few sponsors and it's it's great. It helps me not only continue to do the podcast, but also to finish my album and my book. And it's very kind of you to even think about it. I'm much touched and humbled. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along.